Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Adam Hawkins. In each episode, I present a small batch of theory and practices behind building a high-velocity software organization. Topics include DevOps, Lean, software architecture, continuous delivery, and conversations with industry leaders. Now, let's begin today's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Small Batches. Today, I have, or actually, this week, I have a special guest on the podcast. His name is John Willis. You may know him as one of the co-authors of the famous DevOps Handbook. He's also a participant in many DevOps days, conference speaker, really just one of the key figures in this space. And now he is the host of the Profound Podcast. The Profound Podcast talks about Dr. Deming. And John is a self-described Deming geek. He's really passionate about his work on quality management and what he talks about in his final book, New Economics, as the system of profound knowledge. So on the Profound Podcast, John interviews different people who have different experiences applying Deming's work, people working in different industries, you know, just everything all about Deming. And after I completed the series of episodes on the high velocity edge, I asked some of my colleagues, hey, what do you think I should check out next? And they recommended that I check out Deming, which just so happened to coincide with discovering the Profound podcast. When I found the Profound podcast, I immediately consumed almost all of the episodes. They're really great and it's just a wonderful introduction to Dr. Deming's work. And you know, John tells the story about how like all of this stuff in DevOps can really be traced back to Deming. And after spending a little time listening to his podcast and reading some of the books, I can definitely see why that's true. And if you look at the guest list on John's show, you'll see kind of a who's who of people you may already know. By the time I'm recording this, I think uh, Dr. Stephen Spear has been on the show. You may know, yeah, Stephen Spear from the High Velocity Edge. I think Jim Kim's even been on the show. So there's a lot of well-known people on the show. So in the first episode of the Profound Podcast, John just mentioned that, hey, if you want to do a podcast about Deming, then contact me. I'd love to talk to you. So I did. I uh, invited John to come on the show and just kind of have an introductory conversation about uh, Deming, his work, his influence on the practices of DevOps and software delivery, and kind of just give an introductory course to these ideas for people who have never heard about Deming, at least directly, but maybe have implicitly experienced some of his uh, theory. So with that out of the way, I'm going to give you a little bit about something different I'm doing on the podcast So, you know, I'm always trying to find new ways to keep the show interesting and, uh, you know, mess with the format a little bit. So personally, I like kind of shorter episodes. I think they're easier to digest, kind of easier to fit in. There's definitely a time and a place for, you know, multiple hours long conversations, but that's not what I'm going to be doing on this show. So what I've done is I invited John for a you know, a big, long recording session, but with the idea of splitting out the conversation into sort of discrete chunks 
that we could publish as individual episodes. So I have three episodes to publish this week from my conversation with John Willis on Deming. This is the first one, and the next two will drop throughout the week. These are kind of 15, 20 minutes things. They are discrete. They're intended that you can, you know, jump between one or the other, or save them and come back to one or, you know, whatever kind of floats your boat with this. These are just individual episodes, all from the same person. With that, I give you the first part of my conversation with John Willis on Dr. Deming. John, welcome to Small Batches. How are you? Good. Great to be here. Well, I'm so happy to have you on the show because I discovered the Profound podcast, which introduced me to Deming, sort of hit me after reading The High Velocity Edge and realized that, hey, there's a wealth of knowledge here that I have not explored. And there's clear connection between, say, works like the DevOps Handbook, Lean Software, you can trace back to Deming. And then, you know, learning more about Deming from Profound. And now to have you on the show is a great opportunity to talk to the audience about, you know, who this Deming guy is, like, why is he important? And why did you come to appreciate him so much? Yeah, so, um, you know, sometimes you, uh, I always feel very fortunate, like the people that you meet in your career and the time when you meet them, right? So, uh, you know, the DevOps movement had just sort of started. I was the uh, only American the first DevOps day in Ghent and then helped sort of create the DevOps days in the U.S. with uh, Andrew Clay Schaefer, uh, Damon Edwards, a couple of us. And, um, you know, and that's where I ran into Gene the first time. I was actually on a panel with him. And I knew I knew Gene's work. I just didn't know him by face. So he was on a panel with me, and you know, I'm terrible at names. And we were on a panel, and he made the, you know, I think Patrick DeBar was the, we call him the godfather. He was the moderator, and he said something to me about being old. And this is like, what, 12 years ago, right? So, and uh, And then Gene said, like, he doesn't look that old. So I was like, hey, thanks, you know panel number four. And then after the thing came over, um, Damon Edwards, who you know, we used to do uh, DevOps Cafe together for years, and he, he said, you know who that was? I'm like, nah, panel guy number four, right? And he's like, no, that was Gene Kim. I'm like, oh my God, you know, I couldn't find him. And then so I reached out to him and I met him at, um, at South by Southwest. And we had this, he was still not sure DevOps was a thing. And he said this publicly. And, and he was getting close, maybe Maybe he had about three or four years left to finish the Phoenix project, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and I, you know, we sat down and I said, "Dude, I'm, I'm I've been an ops guy my whole my ops person my whole life, right? Uh, and uh, and I'm telling you, this DevOps is this lighthouse for us, right? Like it's it's the bringing us home. And he's always appreciated that that you know he would have wound up being a DevOps person anyway, but. But then, uh, you know, he told me more about what he was doing with this book, and it had different names. I don't even remember what the first name was. I think I have three different versions of it over a three or four-year period. I still have those copies. But the one thing that Gene did, which was awesome, and I don't know what he did to a lot of other people, he said, John, before you read this book, you need to go read a book by a guy named Elliot Gorak called The Goal. And it was such a gift. Because I, I, I talk to people today when they, they talk about um, – yeah, I read the Phoenix Project. And I read this goal thing. And it seemed like they copied, you know, like it's almost like, you know, get it, right? Um, like, you know, it, it, Gene and I did a, a project together called Beyond the Phoenix Project, right? Where I interviewed him specifically. It's an audio only publication, but where I interviewed him specifically about, um, you know, what the, 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 the approach they took was very methodical to write the Phoenix Project, like to the T. 
I mean, they isomorphically map. They even tried to produce the same core, same page number of the core chronic conflict, right? So anyway, so so I read I read the goal, and then I'm like, I like this guy a lot. So I started reading like, Critical Chain. I read like three or four books before I asked for a copy of the Phoenix Project. And I was all in, like, Gorat is a genius, like this guy, you know, everything. Don't tell me anything about anybody else, like Gorat. And we're at the, uh, it was the second DevOps days in uh, Silicon Valley. It was actually, um, it was in LinkedIn, or I, I forget which one it was, but we ran this open spaces on theory constraints, which is Gorat's sort of main theory, of, you know, bottleneck flow. Mm-hmm. And Ben Rockwood, who was like, you know, he was my first podcast, like, in tribute to him. We sit down and he says, you know, sort of in a nice, loving way, you know, but he's never like, he's he, he's not this kind of person, but I feel like, John, 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 you know, it's all about Deming. I'm like, no, no, go rat, like it's go rat. He's like, John, listen to me about this. It all goes back. And he had done his homework, right? And uh, so I spent the next year saying, okay, when a guy like Ben Rockwood tells you this, you know, you listen. You know, when Gene tells me to read a book, I read, in fact, the reason I read I I read High Velocity Edge. Was Gene told me you have to? He called me, so you got to read. Oh, really? Yeah. No, and and same thing. He same thing did with Rother's book, The Tartakata. He said, you know, after he read it, he called me and said, you need to read this book, right? Those Um, are two great books, by the way. Oh, I I say read those two back to back, and you honestly, I don't think you have to read any other book on lean. Read Tartakata first. I always try to get uh, Mike and, and Steven together. Like, this, like I think the world will explode. And I can't, I, that would be my one failure in all the things I've done is trying to get those two together. Uh, because they, they tell the same story with different narrative, but it's beautifully. Like if you read Toyota Kata and Mike Rother's assessment of what Toyota did, and then you read Steven Spears, you know, High Velocity Edge, it just overlaps beautifully with all I these know. stories. It's it's great. Like those like those two things on their own are just perfect. You combine them and it's magic. Oh yeah, you put them together as back to back books. You walk out of it going, I get it, right? Now I really get what Lean was all about. So back to the demo. So I spent that time and then I realized there was so much there there. Um, and then Ben again, he did this presentation in 2011. And I still think it's one of the top DevOps presentations ever given, uh, where he it was called. Uh, DevOps transformation, and he took us through, you know, um, you know, Ford, uh, you know, uh, Ford, and then Ono, and you know, sort of Shingo, and 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 you know, and again, of course, Deming, right? So, and and part of that, he said, you know, I want to pass the torch, you know, like I want somebody else to pick up on what I did here, you know, sort of what he left at the end, right? And I was going to do a keynote at a Puppet Conf. And I started thinking about this. You're getting a long answer, but it's kind of cool. The uh, mm-hmm. I was thinking about something Elliot Gorat said in Beyond the Goal. And he was explaining, I think it's chapter six, he explains all this stuff about complexity and how complexity, and it's really fascinating. He says, the physicists look at complexity different than everybody else. And he explains how, some simplicity. And he goes to this brilliant thing about like how a physicist, like, Assess complexity in systems thinking, although he doesn't use that word or that phrase. And it, just at the end, he says, oh, and by the way, you know, I studied university as a physicist, and so did Dr. Deming. And then I looked at, like, when they were becoming physicists, it was at this, you know, what I think some people called the second scientific revolution, right? You had, you know, Newtonian turning to quantum. You had, you know, Schrodinger. Mm-hmm. You had all this stuff that was just, like, making people think completely different. Like moving out of determinism to non-determinism. And I started threading to like, is there a story or a narrative? And I started my research on this and I called it Deming to DevOps. 
Like the counterintuitive things we see. You know, when people first come into DevOps, they're like, we could never do that. There's no way. I could never do that in a bank or I could never do like in the early days. It was just how many times people tell you like, that's fascinating, Don, but that will never, ever, ever, ever happen at this bank, you know, mm-hmm. and because they all seem counterintuitive. Well, I mean, that was the nature of non-determinism, right? These things that like, like you have to give way to like, you do not know, you don't know the answer. And I spent a lot of time. And I, one last thing is at the time, and I'm still really good friends with Mark Burgess, but we we did some sort of. We, we were on a speaking circuit where we were sort of at the same places and we'd take like the extra day. And like, I remember one glorious day where we just walked around Rome and he explained to me quantum physics. Like just explain to like the dopey John Willis or tell, explain to me again, what's the significance of the Planck length, you know? But because I really wanted to drive, you know, and the head fake was, it was really Darwin to DevOps. Mm. But anyway, so that's where, how I got into it. And then I just sort of become more of a geek. And, you know, then my Twitter handle shows Deming. And, um, and, and I've just been sort of fascinated on the subject. You know, I've always been collecting buckets of like, oh, that's a great Deming story. It mm-hmm. relates. And, you know, and so, you know, we can talk later about what I've been doing the last year with Deming. But that's really how I got into it. And then I just started seeing, as you, you know, we, we talked before the thing, you, you know, you're starting to see these things. And so if you listen to my podcast with Ben Rockwood, like he talks about like all the things he knew were intuitively right. They kept, had this gravity back to this guy. Uh, I interviewed this guy, George Decker, who was really big in the TOC community. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't even see it. He didn't even listen to Ben's. He said the same thing. There was this gravity that like all the things he intuitively knew were the right things. That seemed to go back to this guy. Well, that's where I kind of get the feeling from. So I'm kind of coming at the chronological approach, like going chronologically backwards, like starting from, you know, like say the DevOps handbook, accelerate, and then reading Toyota Kata, uh, you know, the high velocity edge, reading, and then like reading the goals. So sort of reading all these books in reverse chronological order, like the farther back I go, the more I see that, hey, like there's some really common threads here that, even if you only had sort of knowledge about the top, I think you could come to some of the same conclusions down here at the bottom, maybe like more works at Deming and even like theory of constraints that it just feels like intuitive given a certain approach to like, well, maybe if you're already thinking in systems, some of the assumptions you have are already there, but you learn to think at this sort of different approach. But yeah. So I know that you've had like a lot of time now to sort of like just stew and think and meditate and write and talk to a lot of people about his work. So for the people who are, you know, first time hearing his name and not familiar with, you know, sort of his background, what he did, can you give a listener just like a short, yeah. you know, short pitch for this guy? Yeah. So, you know, again, I'm I'm doing a lot of research and I really want to codify the right story, right? This is what I've been working on pretty much for almost a year now. But in the early days, and I think this still stands well, is, you know, if, you know, when I was trying to figure out what his impact was, the easiest quick answer was, like, if you like DevOps and you like your DevOps presentations, just Google Deming's 14 points. Mm. And look at Deming's 14 points, and basically, you should be pretty well convinced that, like, even though he wrote that in the 80s, which was his really first book. So the guy didn't even write any books until he's 80 years old, right? But his first book, which was Out of a Crisis, and we can talk about that, where he codified the Deming 14 points. But this was, in 80, you know, um, he was, you know, basically probably um, 
50, 60 years of knowledge put into these 14 points. So there's ideas about how he thought about how you treat people, systems thinking. And it's all these things that like are like that like you read them and like, oh my God, that's a DevOps principle. That's a DevOps principle. That's a, or a digital training, whatever you want to call it today, right? Um, so I think the easiest thing is if you're sort of not convinced that like this person's work is important, do your first, you know, sort of acid test, right? Look at the 14 points. Think about them in a modern context of the way you'd like your corporation, your company to behave. And if it passes that test, you know, then you can sort of move on to some of the more exotic stuff that hopefully we'll talk about here. Yeah. So now, like in modern times, I mean, how do you think that his work directly relates to the work that we do in software development? Yeah. So, you know, I think you know, a lot of the work he did in, in his, uh, you know, um, out of a crisis. So here's the thing. He's 80 years old. He's pretty much, this is my summary, he's pretty much fed up with America in the sense that they just haven't listened. He's been mm. trying to teach them. We go in a little bit of like what he did in Japan, but what he did pre-war to help us in some ways win the war based on the quality initiatives he created. But in every turn, they sort of like, thanks, bud, good. And then like go back to something else, right? And so he's sitting here in 1980 and he's looking at the, you know, like America, like it's, you know, like, you know, I was alive then, right? Like, you know, I, I was, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm a teenager then, you know, right? And, and like gas lines, you couldn't get gas. We, this is the first time we ever didn't go to, it wasn't really great to be an American mm. for the first time ever, I think in America, like that, like you just, everything looked like we were just crumbling, you know, just, um, and so I'm sure he was sitting here going, you know, I'm just frustrated. So. You know, when I first heard about out of the out of the crisis, I thought, oh my god, this is going to be a great book about how corporations work out of their sort of crisis. It it was a book that was he was sort of I think he was given up on like business leaders and like I'm going to write this one book for government for education because like our we're going down the tubes, mm-hmm. and so a lot of his principles are very humanistic, right in there. Um, his next book we're going to talk about gets a little more specific about his. I would say his, you know, at that point, 70 years of body of work. But I think, you know, this is my summary of Out of a Crisis, his first book, which is really more about we're not doing it right. We have to treat humans like humans. We have to have an aim. Like we have to be systems thinking. We can't judge people by like you can't, you know, sort of use these arbitrary sort of calculations to figure out how you get bonuses and paid. Like, you know, um, all that stuff. So I think. So that sort of first wave of what you learn out of the 14 points, or if you want to read, you know, I, I will tell you a lot of people, I, if they ask me, should I read Deming? I'm like, you know what, try to read a couple of books because I, I don't think his book writing was spectacular, per, to be perfectly honest. Here. You know, I think he's an amazing sort of, you know, um, learner and contributor to learning, um, probably most, one of the more influential people in, in modern history, uh, but his books aren't great. Um, so, but, but, you know, I think you can learn a lot about sort of his out of crisis with the perspective that he was really just trying to make a last, I think, a last ditch effort, sort of change the mindset of America. Yeah. Um, and, and it's very human, you know, it's very human based. It's sort of, you know, why aren't you just paying attention to these big things? By the time he gets to his second book, uh, well, what happens there is he goes, not that book, but it was a documentary that exposed what he did in Japan. And basically in, you know, sort of 1980-ish, it becomes the busiest to the time he's 93 when he dies. It's the busiest time of his life. He literally starts getting put into Ford and General Motors and manufacturing. And he's 
he's doing these uh, four four day seminars almost every week. And so by the time he writes his second book, now he's like, all right, well, maybe they really do want to know what I know. Uh, and so in that one, he really codifies some principles that I think, are, again, he codifies something called system of profound knowledge, and we can get into that. And um, and so I, so I think this it's interesting. I've never really, I love doing these podcasts because I, this is sort of another way to view it that I hadn't really thought about in that, mm-hmm. that like I think by the time, you know, if you look at out of a crisis, I don't think he's really trying to educate any businesses. He's just saying, hey, you know, we got to work better. We got to have a systems view. We can't use these arbitrary judgments. We got to treat humans like humans. We got to, yeah, like the workers have to have joy. By the time he gets to, you know, a decade later, he's just basically trained every manufacturer in the U.S. They're all deming mania, deming mania. And now he's like, okay, well, why don't I put like all of it, 70 years of like what I would tell a business to do. Yeah. And that's very, it's it's much more prescriptive, but still, as we talked about for the podcast, still not well understood. Yeah. It's funny. And I was reading his second book. So you mentioned the title of his first book was Out of a Crisis. And the, the second book is titled uh, New Economics for what, like economics, governments, and education, something like that. Yeah, I don't know the long title. I just called it. You know. But yeah, new economics. And I'm reading this book and he's focusing on, you know, psychology and joy of work. And it's like, I'm hearing Gene Kim talked to me, but in a different voice, you know, like the five ideals from Unicorn Project. Yeah. It's like, it's all right. It's all right here. Like, this is the same thing. And one thing I actually really appreciate about his work in new economics is the focus on the human angle yeah. that like, there is a psychology to this. There's a, like an emotional aspect too, that like, sure, we're working on building systems that, you know, compose like man and machine, but human beings also have emotions which become part of the system one way or the other. And they can create, you know, variance and impact the system in different ways, but we can't assume that these things are separate. So we got out of the crisis and new economics, sort of the high-level arc. And I think that's what we'll talk about in the next two parts of the series. So for this poem, we gave a quick introduction to Deming, his history, his work, and John's background. And in the next episode, we'll pick up Out of the Crisis. So see you in the next one. You've just finished another episode of Small Batches, a podcast on building a high-performance software delivery organization. For more information and to subscribe to this podcast, go to smallbatches.fm. I hope to have you back again for the next episode. So until then, happy shipping. Like the sound of Small Batches? This episode was produced by Podsworth Media. That's podsworth.com.